Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. On Good Authority has had over a million downloads, regularly appears on the top 100 career podcast list, and has been named one of the best publishing podcasts by LA Weekly and Kindlepreneur. Please welcome OG Authority host, New York Times bestselling author, Anna David. There are people who launch books, end up just having a nice thing to put on their shelves. Then there are people who launch books that transform their careers and their lives. As a former member of the first group, I strongly urge you to be part of the second. In this show, I talk to entrepreneurs and authors about how to intentionally launch the book that will serve as the best business card and marketing tool you've ever had. Get ready for takeoff. Anna here. Welcome to the podcast that doesn't want you to have to keep keep clicking refresh to find out your how your book is selling because you don't care how your book is selling because you are too busy living the fabulous life that your book has given you. Now, I'm going to be straight with you and tell you that this is the fourth attempt that I have made to record this one episode. Previous three Different things have gone wrong, and the truth is the the recording just sounds terrible. So here I go. I'm going to try to not allow my bitterness to stop me. In fact, I'm going to use all those attempts as the practice that fuels me to give this to you in such an excellent way now. It's a solo episode based on information that's in my book on Good Authority coming to you April 23rd of 2023, and this is all about how promoting yourself and your book on podcasts is the absolute best thing to do provided you do it right. And this episode is all about how to do it right. Now, I'm going to tell you, Chris Voss, uh, best-selling author of Never Split the Difference, credits podcasts for the tremendous success of his book. He said he, he hired Ryan Holiday, legendary book marketer and author, and Ryan got him on Lewis House's podcast, and he said it just hit hard. From there, he went to Dax Shepard's podcast. He was on James Altucher's podcast, and the book has sold millions upon millions of copies and really came out of nowhere. Now, I have great news. Podcasters love to book authors. Authors uh, have a lot to say. We know they're probably not going to, uh, you know, be at a loss for words, even though some are introverts. So that's great news. John Corcoran, who I had on the podcast, said, I find authors much easier to say yes to because you know they're going to be good at answering questions and they have great authority. The less great news is that most of us are pitched authors all the time. We're, we're pitched uh different guests, the worst pitches I receive, at least I would say four terrible pitches a day. And uh, the problem is, if you go and hire somebody who says, I'm going to get you on podcast, and they kind of subscribe to the spray and pray method, which is that they just pitch everyone, thousands of people, and maybe they're going to get two yeses. 
I, we now, there are a few agencies where I just have such a negative association with those people in my inbox that if they were pitching someone great, I wouldn't know they were great because I'd be like, oh my God, those are these people. They pitch me people who are not authors. Now, this is a podcast about authors and they don't know the name of the show and that's not entirely their fault because I change the name all the time, but maybe try to know the name when you're pitching. Um, so you are far better off pitching yourself. So how do you know who to pitch yourself to and how to do it? So go to, I would say, the biggest podcasts in your genre, in your field, and uh, be realistic. If, uh, you know, it's a huge podcast, they probably don't even accept guests. If uh, you want to kind of drill down to a more realistic podcast, go to the iTunes page or whatever podcast app you're on and go down to the bottom where it says listeners who like this also liked and kind of just keep going down and down and down until you get to ones that you think are really realistic. It has guests. Obviously, make sure the podcast is still active. It has at least 100 episodes. They've released at least in the last few weeks. Um, and um, write a kick-ass pitch letter. Now, if you go to the show notes for this episode, legacylaunchpadpub.com slash blog slash pod, I'm going to give you a template for a kick-ass pitch letter. I'm also going to give you a copy of the worst pitch I've ever received. And um, and so step number one, review the podcast, review it on iTunes. It's the secret to every podcaster's heart. When you pitch with this super awesome pitch letter, um, mention just casually, I love your show so much. It's what I said in this attached review, attach a screenshot of the review. And think about it, what can you, this is not about you and your book. This is about how can you serve this podcaster's audience? You're gonna be better, the better, the more familiar you are with the show, the better you're going to be at pitching yourself because you're gonna see what the podcaster's needs are. Um, but I think, you know, it is so much better to pitch yourself to a show that has your target audience than a show with a million downloads. Alex San Filippo, who is a podcaster who has numerous podcasting companies, including Podmatch, which actually matches podcasters with podcast guests, said um, so so many people say, oh, they only want to be on shows that have 100,000 downloads uh, because they think of it like social media. They think, oh, it's like 50 likes. That doesn't mean that much. Well, if 50 people are going to sit in a room and listen to you for a half hour, would you do that? Suddenly having 50 listeners doesn't sound like so few. Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. So um, there are obviously millions of shows out there. So you don't want to uh, you don't want to waste your time on the wrong ones, and you don't want to waste your time on ones that are out of reach. So think about it. How do you narrow it down? Well, think about your avatar. Think about your reader. Think about who you want to hear the information from your book. When you're looking at podcasts, when you're listening to them, does this speak to that avatar? Um, so 
you can sign up for Podmatch, Alex's website, and that is just literally like a dating site for podcasters and podcast hosts. But um, I also recommend pitching yourself. And um, what John Corcoran, who's podcaster and the co-founder of Rise 25, said is you want to make yourself relevant to the podcaster. So if they have a narrow focus, you want to cater to that. And the example he gave is, I know you feature only woodworking experts on your show, but I've noticed you haven't had anyone on who talks about the financial aspects of how woodworking businesses need to operate. And I just wrote a book that's the definitive guide on how to manage your finances for a woodworking business. So that's a very specific, excellent example. So if you don't hear back, which um, a lot of the time you don't, I just, uh, you know, for my new book, I decided I wanted to try to do some outreach like this. And so what I did is I went and I looked at podcasts that people who had written books like mine had been on. And I listened to them. And then I used a little chat GPT and I went in and I asked for summaries and I asked for other examples of episodes like that. And then I um, reached out to the podcaster. I reviewed, I, sh- I attached a screenshot of the review and I explained what it is I could talk about that I thought would be relevant to their listeners. Now, we, uh, my team helped me. We sent out about 10. I got two responses, which I didn't think was terrible. I will say one of those two was wow, this is an amazing pitch. It's so fantastic. What I did went to those two responses and you don't have to spend money. This is just literally just what I did. There's Candy Company. I can't remember the name right now. I'm going to link to it in the show notes where you can send something. It's $20 and they get to pick the candy and it's a perfect small thank you when you don't have someone's mailing address, but you have their email address. And to just say, thank you so much. It's so sweet of you to agree to book me. Um, I can't wait to do it. Again, you don't have to do that. Um, And John Corcoran said, assume if you don't hear back, the person didn't get your message. Message across various platforms. Now, yesterday, when I tried recording this episode uh, the three other times, I was hearing myself say these words and I realized I've got to sort of drink my own Kool-Aid. And so the eight people that we had not heard back from, I went on to LinkedIn and I messaged them. And, um, you know, I, I tried I, I tried different strategies. I, I'll have to let you know if that worked because I haven't been on LinkedIn today to see if it worked. Um, but um, what else do I want to tell you? Um, listen to the podcast ahead of time. To not listen to a podcast before you get on is to literally, it's like showing up at a stranger's house and going like, hey, will you introduce me to all your friends that you've worked, you know, five years to cultivate? I had a guy on my podcast recently whose team had pitched him very aggressively. And um, it was very clear when he logged on, not only that he had no idea what I did, but he didn't care. And he was very excited to explain publishing to me despite it not being his business. And it's just like, it just reminded me, don't ever do that. So know the host. If you don't know the host, fake like you know the host or like you care. Uh, What Robert Greene said when I had him on the podcast is he said, to be a great podcast guest, you have to be authentic and relaxed and willing to tell stories with some self-deprecating humor. 
He said, nothing is worse than an egotistical writer who kind of shows how wonderful they are and how great their book is. They're so eager to promote it that they come off as if they have no sense of humor. And that definitely describes the person I'm talking about. Uh, and and what's something that Alex Filippo said when I interviewed him, which always stuck with me, is the best way to promote your book is to not promote your book. He said, if an author says, well, I'm not going to tell you about chapter five because you have to grab the book to learn about that, nobody's interested. They're listening to podcasts because they trust you. Um, and, you know, oftentimes, so podcast listeners as you well know, are highly educated, passionate people who want to learn. And a lot of times the reason that they are listening, I, I don't know about you, when I find a new podcast, I'll go and I'll look at previous episodes and either it's the guest I'm interested in or the topic they are talking about, which means I want to learn about that topic, which means that an author who's being interviewed about that topic is somebody I am ripe to find out about and become a fan of. So, the best way, so show up, once you get booked, show up, be nice, uh, be a great guest, match the, the host's energy. When it's over, share the episode. Um, it is, you know, tag the, the, the host. I've had guests do incredible things. I've received handwritten notes, I've received gifts, and you don't need to do any of that. But um, do keep in mind that most podcasters are not being paid and are introducing you to their audience, so show respect for that. Um, and finally, and I touched on this a little bit earlier, but don't worry about the number of listeners. Robert Green said he'll go on a podcast that has 5,000 listeners because if you take those people who have 5,000 listeners and you do 20 of them and you do them well, that's going to spread. Books, unlike a lot of things. Now, why do you read a book? Okay, I, I'm talking to myself, so I'm going to ask the question and answer the question. And the answer to the question is, you, we read books because somebody we trust told us to. Somebody, a friend recommended it, or a publication we read recommended it, or a podcaster. A podcaster having the author on their podcast is the podcaster recommending it. So uh, Alice Filippo said, um, you know, the reason a small show can make a move the needle more than a bigger show for the author is that massive shows grow because it's like cult of personality. Um, the listeners can block out the guests. They might learn something, but they're not going to follow the guest. And he said, I've been on a few different million plus download shows and they've done less for me than some shows with under a hundred listeners. Yes. So that's it. I hope for my sake that this recording sounds good enough for me to release it to you guys. And again, if you want the show notes, go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com slash blog slash pod. And again, this is all information that's in my new book on good authority. And um, I'm just happy you were here and go kill it on the pods. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Now a request from me. If you've ever used any of the tips or techniques you've heard about from the show, please take a few seconds to give the show a rating or review and find out all about how my company, Legacy Launchpad, writes and launches books at www.legacylaunchpadpub.com. See you next week.